The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Britain. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Stewart? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are moving higher than Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. And if you're watching the video and hear some audio doubling, I think I just figured out what in the hell is going on with that. Um, and that's kind of dumb. Anywho, I am your host for tonight, Roddy Cat, and you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else. You can also find me at News Nerds Need on Twitter, uh, CB Caps on Instagram. And the man who brings you that lovely soundboard every week can give you the answer to this question. Is Brooklyn in the house without a doubt? One ah. agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Sup, everybody? We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! So, yes, we're just too busy springing, um... Spring of sound effects on each other. That'll be the whole show. That'll be that other show we do. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we're, we're literally cutting clips as we're going. And all right, that that has happened on on a couple of occasions. So there we go. Um, but not with us tonight. One PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. Uh, Pop culture net on Twitter. Popculturenetwork.com and his umbrella sites therein. And. I was looking for a click for him, but I think I got one special for him. That's fine. Uh, not also with us tonight is Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, CB Cron on Twitter. That is the um, no, it's not. It's the <laughs> Comic Book Chronicles uh, uh, Twitter account, uh, and also you can find him at uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's D K L I Q N T I O N, theclicknation.com, and also Comic Book Resources. Worries over there, writing his face off. And this is brought to you by, well, this is brought to you by us, but we are on the CSPN, the podcast network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. Indeed. And we probably won't have any um, commercials tonight because we're still trying to figure that out. Yeah, we um, got the same two that we've had for the last three weeks. And we don't have to, we don't, I mean, it's, what's the point in keep using the same ones that we don't even know are valid. But until we figure that one out, you can also find us at Google Play, um, Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. You see, I'm just trying to get those voice work uh, dollars in right now. It's not working out very well. But you can send them my way if you want to. Um, as we do every week, uh, first of all, not every week. First of all, I would like to say happy Halloween for those who celebrate. If that is something to indeed celebrate. Yes, happy Halloween. I think I think PCN underscore dirt is out and about trick-treating as we speak. 
um, or at least doing something Halloween related. And I suspect uh, checking some kids for their can- for their candy or his kids for their candy. Yeah, <laughs> or you know, I suspect dealing with trick or treaters and um, uh, Tim Dog ninety eight may be dealing with some as well. Yeah, his little one maybe a little too young for it, but you never know that. that but oh, that's but his a, neighborhood, but, right? Exactly. Say, but that's in a, his neighborhood. That's, that's a thing. convenient excuse to also <laughs> to take the little one out. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but at least you know there's uh there there's certain neighborhoods that are more prone to trick or treating than others. This is true. Uh, you know the neighborhood I'm in in Brooklyn uh, isn't as conducive to it. So, mm. um, but you know it once was. So I remember what it was like going house to house. Sure, but do you remember full size candy bars? No, but uh, we also knew which houses had the best candy and which houses gave you stuff like, uh, um, well, you know, we won't even uh, talk smack about certain candies. Yes, the the, the chaff, as some would say. <laughs> um, but yes, you know, the, 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 the rite of passage for every youngster and grown-up youngsters at, at this point, because there are a lot of grown-ups that love Halloween for different reasons. Now. Sure, you know, with the advent of uh, of uh, uh, more variety in adult costumes, I think it's well, uh, there know. is that. But yes, but I mean, just in general, because you know, the, it, some of it's kind of streams out of the. Well, one begat the other one. There, the the costume thing and cosplay thing is definitely a. There's it's a Venn a diagram. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely a Venn diagram there that has spread out because you know. The, the the folks who used to love to do it as a kid have now grown up and hey guess what that's sure. it's now cosplayers now basically right um, but yeah. hey well now that's our little TED talk on cosplay and Halloween uh, let us get right. into uh, the books of the week starting off with Excalibur number one right so this is our latest uh, Dawn of X launch. Um, the book is brought to you by Tenny Howard and Marcus Toe. Uh, it's a it's a brand new creative team uh, in uh, you know for Marvel Publishing, but these are not creators that are new to uh, the panel. We know Tenny Howard from several of her books that she's written in the past, and Marcus Toe actually um, has done uh, a, a, a few books that we've uh, recognized on the show in the past, including Hacktivist, which was originally a concept by Alyssa Milano. Shout out to Alyssa Milano. Every excuse to bring that up, he will do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just that I remember, you know, I, uh, and, and, I, and, and I kept wanting to, I kept trying to remind myself to grab the Hacktivist uh, trade paperback uh, for the, of the first uh, the first volume to get him to sign it, but I kept forgetting to grab it over the course of four days at Comic Con. You also so, kept wanting to get Alyssa Manalo on the show, as I recall, but that's a whole nother right. Situation. That's you know she, she she's she's uh, pretty busy fighting the power as we speak. Yes, so. indeed. But back to uh, Excalibur. <laughs> Right. So as as, as longtime readers of uh, the X-Men and X-Men uh, satellite titles will uh, will know and remember Excalibur has always been a spinoff that had uh, its basis in uh, uh, Celtic and English legend. There was magic involved. Yes, there was more. Some would say it was more magic involved. It's just that the, the team was comprised halfway of, of mutants. Right. Or actually, well, technically, mostly, with the exception of um, uh, Captain Britain. And 
whatever well, Megan was. Well, I was gonna say Megan, I think was an alien or yeah, no, it was from a... from an extra like another dimension. Right. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So it's still still, you know. Well wasn't what was the little was it widget? Widget, yes. Um That was another extra dimensional They you know, ended up finding um yeah, I don't know whatever whatever happened to them. them. See, I remember some of my Excalibur. I, look, I loved the hell out of the, the, the original Excalibur book. It was really fun. I loved it. This is not that group. Uh, I will just go ahead and say that right now. So this is I learned a lot about Excalibur through uh, Jim Lee's X Men uh, trading card uh, set. <laughs> nice. So. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird book. Um, also had um, Rachel uh, Summers, who is now going by some silly uh, uh, code name now, which. Speaking of uh, code names, a lot of people in this, uh, well, I say a few people in this book have changed their code names. Right. Or not going by the ones that they're classically known as uh, during the Right, I'll ring a spoiler bell here just so that we can talk a little bit freely about it, but there are some spoilers ahead with regards to these changes. Yeah. So now, three, two, one. Yeah, they're not like big earth-shattering things. It's just that okay, yeah. So, so as uh, Apocalypse said, put or as he wants to call himself, whatever symbol that is, that reminds me of Prince. That was weird. I was just like, I was looking back at the uh, Krakoa cipher, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't recognize any of this. It just looks is like a block. A. Like it's like if you turned on the Atari twenty six hundred and and the, and they showed an A, it would be it would look kind of like that with some umlauts by it. Well, not an umlaut, but with a um with a colon beside it or something. So, I, I just know, thought it was weird. Yeah, I mean, it is totally weird. I'm like, why would you do that? And then it's like telling everybody, hey, call me by this now. I'm like, uh, okay. Which is so funny. Uh, Trinary uh, was like, sure, I can pronounce that. I'm like, I would like to believe that she was sarcastically speaking for the audience at that moment. We don't know if that's the case or not. Sure. Because <clears throat> no, no one knows how to pronounce that. I just called it a big block A. Right. So the first thing I noticed, and uh, remember, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are just barely scratching the surface on the Dawn of X books. So uh, one of the uh, one of the rules of uh, of of, uh, for mutants on Krakoa is to make more mutants. And lo and behold, uh, our first kind of scene on Krakoa in this book. Yes, everyone's is, favorite couple, uh, everyone's favorite roguish couple. <laughs> oh, but what I was going to say is um, just that, that opening scene when Betsy's coming through the Krakoa portal mm-hmm. um, is like the precursor, is like the mixer portion of the party in Zion in the Matrix. Oh, in the Matrix, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, huh? the rave, yes. Yeah, it's like the it's the mixer portion. It's kind of like the hey, we're gonna get together and have some drinks before it gets a little. Uh, well, the funny part here, right? The funny part about that is like I know all of these people weren't just gathered here just to greet her. You know, at this one gate, they just happen to be like you said, in whatever mixer function that they were doing, it just happens to be there. Right uh, when she came through, I, but I was like, "Wait a minute! Did they really just do all?" Oh wait, no, that kid couldn't have been the case. <laughs> that makes no sense just for her. I mean, don't get me wrong; I love Psylocke, but you know, I was like, "I don't think she needed all of that." I just thought it was pretty funny. Oh, it totally was. You know, we're we're getting it in the second Dawn of X book. Like, hey, if you thought we forgot about this, we are on this right now. Mm-hmm. Although, now that I think about well. Technically, I guess 
you know, one side of the gate can open up to any place on uh, on Krakor that they want it to. So the gate right. that they have at um, Braddock Manor probably just so happened to open up there because that's where you know they wanted it to. Exactly. Exactly. So, exactly. But regardless of all of that, uh, yeah, then Betsy kind of doesn't want to be called Silak now because you know, which I need to read about this part because I did not. I was aware that this happened, but I've never seen, I did not know what happened and that she is back in the possession of her original body. Right. It actually happened in the return of Wolverine series in a, in a side series to return of Wolverine. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like Knights in Madripoor or something like that. And, um, I remember reading it like, Oh, this might be something that's important. <laughs> no. You know, it's one of those, you know, we, we, we as reviewers have the benefit of, of of having some access to these books that we normally might not read. And, you know, speaking of uh, tie-ins and whatnot. So it's one of those things where you see it and it's just one of those developments that will probably come up uh, again. And here we are and yeah. they're expanding on it. Um, and and it's uh, no coincidence that now that um, Betsy is back in her original British body, without the um, the Alan the classic Alan Davis costume that we saw her in, like the flowy um, the flowy sleeves. Yeah, this from uh, she the 80s. Has, right. She has a new one that's slightly inspired by him, but more less uniform and less exactly. Frilly. Exactly, but uh, but getting back to uh, getting back to her uh, character's origins, uh, we really are touching back on the character's origins, dealing with both her relations and her national origin. Mm-hmm. That's where what we were referring to earlier comes in, which is the Arthurian legend mm-hmm. and other world and all of the other stuff that is bound to prop right back up. Um, now that a brother uh, who was dead up until right. recent uh, recent defense, right? So, um, I, 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 I vaguely remember that. I, I, went, I sure read when that happened, I like, yeah, I, like I said, I'm not, I admit that I'm not totally up on the X Men stuff, you know. Um, so like, hey, them, any one of them dying, I'm like, huh, that happened, or if I didn't see it at first hand, I'm like, oh, sure, that, that must happen at some point. Well, I was about to say, you know, we know Captain Britain's been around for a while. This is true. I don't think uh, too much has happened to him other than being in a couple of uh, um, tie-in books here and there, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. You know, he was in War of the Realms. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, as far as recently, like, like, but obviously back in the day, you know, uh, when he was first brought up and he's had in had his own book. And of course, he was a, I, I would imagine, a UK staple, um, right. you know, and then, of course, they did have the MI, MI6 book or something or other. But regardless, yeah, he's he's been around up until recently. We've seen him mm-hmm. um, here and there. And of course, being a new father, you know, you know, which is a weird thing to see, and I guess he shaved off his beard because last time I saw him, he you know, you know, was when I first saw the kid, and he had, had a full on beard and was not in costume because he wasn't going by Captain Britain at the time mm-hmm. or something. So now he's um, back, but well, which is weird because he's back, but he's not back because now he just got basically used as a pawn. Hmm. Um, and where there is, you know, speaking of where there is Captain Britain, there is always a, a foil. Um, 
and there's always a Morgan Le Fay who shows up cool. in this book, um, who apparently has a new status, or I don't know if it's a new status, but apparently it's a status that I wasn't aware of before, um, as far as Avalon is concerned. And all of this plays into, like, well, what does this have to do with the mutants? Well, apparently, um, there has been some, I guess, magical encroachment by Krakoa and the portals therein to Avalon. And uh, Morgan Flay, LaFlay is trying to figure out where it's coming from, which he does in the, in the course of this issue. But there's also another thing that comes up later on in the issue that um, by some people who gets involved with her that uh, that ties back to something that um, hadn't been brought up in a minute that is in relation to Apocalypse, who is also involved with this because he notices um, he tries to figure it out. And I was like, so... They, there was a, allusions to Apocalypse being magic, or at least at the right. beginning of this, and I'm like, like, I don't remember that ever being the case. Right. Uh, and having been reintroduced to Apocalypse's history in this book and in, you know, just, just over the course of reading the X-Men, trying to figure out what Apocalypse has been up to as the acknowledged first mutant in history, um, and how, you know... Uh, keeping in mind that he's been around for uh, centuries and uh, has, has has played several different roles in history, mm-hmm. it's not surprising that he would be familiar with some True. magical concepts. True, but you know, knowing enough about it to communicate with the sorcerers, oh, uh, you know, in 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 existence now, I guess that's part of having been a recent supervillain. Yeah, well, I was about to say, also part of being around as long as you said yeah, because obviously because he's had time to study all of those. So I had some, you know, being him being around this long, sure he's, I'm sure he's had time to, at the very least, get versed in it. Exactly. But nothing well, else. You know, he may not be a practitioner per right. se, but he's definitely familiar with it. Mm-hmm. So, so that's so all of that is pretty much brings uh, starts to bring a team together knowing everything we just said and all that kind of comes together to kind of put a team together. And we, at the end of this, there are a couple of things we end up finding out is that gold has got another stupid name now, yeah. <laughs> uh, which again, uh, the voice of the audience comes through, um, comes through Betsy in, in her uh, reaction to it. And then we get, um, um, so the thing that happened with Rogue, who is also going to be a part of this team, because Rogue and Gambit shows up, and you know, the, and speaking of them, them talking about um, remaking, uh, I mean, making more mutants, that chat has come up being that they are married, um, you know. But something happens to Rogue in the midst of this, which I'm like, wait, did she just turn into Psylocke, a, a Sleeping Beauty, Beauty version of the Psylocke when all that happened? Because it didn't look like Rogue when you know when 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 the things went down. I think it was just a uh, 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 a fluke of coloring, maybe where we lose the skunk. You know, there's a little bit of criticism here in terms of the way Toe rendered some of the women in this issue. There's some, um, some similarities. You're saying yes, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. because well, I mean, part of it is we get so spoiled by uniforms. Right. Anytime you see their uniforms, you know who's who. But um, there's a couple of places where uh, the facial similarities throw you off a little bit. You don't necessarily realize who it is, uh, which characters are interacting. You know, I'll flash back to one uh, panel 
one a uh, couple of panels when um, Betsy comes back on Krakoa, I think she's interfacing with Quanon. Yes. And I think that's implied, but it's not clear because no one's wearing their superhero costume. Which brought up another question to me because I'm like, wait, is Quanon actually a mutant? Or she just happened to be there? Like, I wasn't aware. Again, I'm like, those bits of that I wasn't aware of whether she was actually a mutant before her body was taken over. by I don't believe so. But she just so happens to be on Krakoa for some odd reason, which I mean, that's not saying people are not allowed there, but it seems strange that a non-mutant would be there. I have the sneakiest suspicion that we have missed something. Yes, probably. Um, You know, if if it's uh, something along the lines of, um, you know, kind of them sharing or splitting powers. Um. So, you know, we'll see. There's also the return of um, someone who has been long dead thanks to the Krakoa pods. Yeah, you know, I mentioned that the, earlier. Yeah. Yeah, like long, long dead. Um, just wanted to bring him back. Um, but, you know, bring it up because, um, you know, it's been, a lo- it's been a while since we've seen this character. So the funny uh, thing about that is like it made me thinking as I was reading another book this week. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, because of all of this, the mutants that have like clearly the mutants that have died have come back and have been explained as or hey, this is a resurrection that just got brought back like power from last week. And, I, and as when we talk about this other book, I'll mention that then because I know I will remember it. Um <laughs> But yeah, I guess this opens the door to a whole, you know, a bunch of like they don't have to use any other conceits, past conceits <laughs> to resurrect right. a person anymore. They're just like, oh no, they're just back because of hey, hey, here you go. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely so. right. As long as they're a mutant, you know, and they're recorded by Cerebro, right? Unless there's going to be some some things like, oh no, we didn't get that person before, so now we can't bring them back, or for some right. for some strange reason, you know, right? Which I could see, oh. I could see them doing something like that. Mm-hmm. but I don't know. But uh, I thought it was a solid start. It wasn't the best start, but I thought it was a solid enough start. They succeeded mm-hmm. in, 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 in uh, my, my note said they succeeded at being different because this is, this is definitely um, one of the Dawn of X books that is going off in its own separate direction. So, and I, you know, and obviously uh, the cover spoils what happens to Betsy, right? So that's so now she's got a she's got a little different little status quo there. Which, well, I mean, why well, she's still mutant? So that's not the same. That's not that doesn't change that in one bit. Right. But, it's more superhero identity. Yes. So. Um, also, speaking of that, there's also another thing I wanted to bring up real quick uh, in that um, the Krakoan costume tech. They can mm-hmm. show it off here. I'm like, well, clearly this is this year's unstable molecules, right? Because I was like, well, wait a minute, how did that happen? And luckily, that got explained in the day in the same panel. But I'm like, huh, that's convenient. So Krakoa is going to be convenient for a whole bunch of reasons going for forward. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Which I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing, but it is a thing. We do get a little bit of Hickman mumbo jumbo in in here, just kind of round out stuff. But yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I was also I would also add that you know it's kind of like they're back at the mansion on steroids because they've got Forge in the house. You know, it, they, they've really set up a status quo where they're equipped. You know, to the guild everything. Yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, exactly. Like, How's Forge going to fit into the situation when he's a mechanical? Well, guess what? They figured that out too. But that was in Hoxbox. 
So exactly, exactly. So before we move on, I just wanted to make note of one of the variant covers for Excalibur that came out this week. It is by um, uh, Mike Del Mundo. It is uh, pretty cool. Those of you who have nice. chewed Big League Chew, shout out to Big League Chew. Right, we'll 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 uh, have a good laugh at this cover. Uh, this is one more reason for you guys to check out our video feed that is on YouTube. You can tune in live, or you can tune in after the fact and check out what we're showing on camera. This is the variant cover for Excalibur that features Jubilee and uh, the rest of the uh, Excalibur team. Yes, indeed. Um, that's about to say, yeah, and conveniently, um, you know, themed for the holiday. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for Excalibur. Like I said, it, this is definitely not the old group, um, it, so sadly, but we'll see how this, how this goes. Um, you got anything you want to get to next or, um, you know what I wanted to talk about? Okay. Invisible Woman number four. Okay, sure. Yeah. That so pretty good. For for those of you who are not up on this miniseries, this has been a trip down memory lane for Sue Storm, who uh it hasn't been uh a well uh uh explored part of her kind of retconned past. Which is, there's another book that kind of, you know, keep that in mind also for something later on. Right. They have mentioned this before that she's been a secret agent. It's not uh, a new concept, but this is a miniseries that has explored her past and has um, taken her down uh, memory lane with a previous uh, espionage partner um, while she was an active uh, agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. What is notable about this entire series is that a uh, series writer Mark Wade has continued to push Sue into very uncomfortable places, both with her powers, allowing her to expand on the use of her powers and with her morals, which is really where this seems to be leading towards in this, the penultimate issue of the series. Mm-hmm. So, um, there is, um, a betrayal that was an detailed obvious, as the, and a very obvious portrayal. Right. That was detailed as the cliffhanger for the last issue. And that's where we pick up. Yeah. Like you, you could, you could see, you saw that. I feel like you could have seen that coming from the first issue. Uh, especially when they, when they're first talking about well, clearly, you know, something's going to happen. He's going to, he's going to, uh, he's going to turn. Right. But as he says in this, uh, in this issue, and, and we're talking about her, um, her spy, partner in spying uh aiden you know he didn't turn he was always like this and she was basically the one that kept him in check which sure i guess (laughs) but um but yeah we definitely see um what we very much don't get to see that much in the fantastic four because she's a part of the group you know her Mm -hmm. own capabilities do do come in to display at time but it's just a way of stretching it well, not even stretching it, but I mean, let's face it, like, I know, well, I, I don't want to say stretching it, but yeah, that is that is a way to say it. But I'm saying is like, she is more capable than she is seen to be on FF because usually they only end up using a couple of her power sets. And this, her in her own book, 
you can yes you can stretch out in that way and and, and expand on her power set and you know be, use it in more different ways than she has with the group um so which is which is a welcome thing to see because it's like okay yeah we, every time you know you see sue it's like yeah she's either turning somebody invisible floating up a false field you know rinse wash repeat that kind of thing through and this like there are more uses for her powers you know right. that we get to and see. That, that's what i was about to say and that's what these solo you know these solo miniseries are always for sure which in she's fun. never had before so you know right. never got a chance to really to to really dive Explore, into that exactly right. so which is why i say again it's a welcome thing to see um but yeah, also so, I was about to say uh, well, another welcome thing to see. Just hold that thought: is the art by Mattia de Eulis. Hmm. It's, yes, uh, it's it's some beautiful it's stuff, remarkable stuff. Mm-hmm. That is definitely true. Like, like the art has been the last four issues has been has been beautiful. Yeah, so. this is definitely like digital paint style. Mm. So, but yeah, the only other thing I was going to say outside of what I've already said is like, yeah, I mean, things kind of just continue to go along. Like the betrayal is kind of, was common, kind of obviously, obviously, if you read the first book, uh, but we get into a wrinkle to where, you know, hey, she goes along with some plans and that plan gets filed up because um, <laughs> Maria here, which the one thing that this, 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 um, this mini has been doing, like there has been a, a cameo and or guest star by another prominent marvel woman uh for almost i'm not gonna say every issue but almost every issue like uh black widow showed up mm-hmm. uh like in issue two I, I can't remember if anybody showed up in issue three but now maria hill's shown up you know in, in this issue which you know sure i, I mean, want to say widow was there for part of issue three she might have been yeah um, so in fact, yeah, I mean, obviously, in fact, no. You're she, right. She was she was there for I think most of it, not a thing because she came in and two, and then three. She was there for for most of it, and then right. like okay, hey, right. I mean, obviously, these are all shield shield related. Sure, uh, there is that, well, but so. you know, but you know, you know, that's what happens when you're on a shield type mission. Sure, uh, but there are other shield agents you get that. These, uh, yeah, I know, but you get these you get these cameos, right? So. Well, yeah, and and that's yeah, and you you are absolutely right about that. But these particular people are just kind of going to be probably not coincidental. Yeah, they're so. the prominent ones. That's right. uh, that the prominent female ones. Right. That's uh, that's the point. So you were like saying, I, like I expect Quake to show up at some point, which I don't think she's with Shield anymore. Not that I think about it, but I mean, I was about to say, there's only one more issue left. Yeah, and I, yeah, exactly. And so that may or may not be the case, but although given what happens at the end of this one, and you know, it'll probably either still be Maria Hill again, just cleaning up what what she in, inadvertently started. Um, but you can see it anyway. Um, that's pretty much it for for individual. Or it's, can it's, you? Ha 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 ha! <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> You walked right into it. Well, you did. set it up. I did. I but just, hey, boo! boo. <laughs> you can see it. Like, no, you can't. <laughs> oh, well played, boy. Well so yeah, so that was that. I, I would say it is a very good read. If, if, if you're a fan of the Invisible Woman, fan of the say Fantasy Four, uh, I would say, or just just hey, it's just a good read. Period. You know, uh, I, I would dare say. You know, we'll see how the next book. Uh, ends this out they've been doing a lot of just nice and neat 
clean ending to a lot of these minis, um, which is good. But at the same time, it's like, well, that's a little too neat, as we may or may not find out this. Uh, yeah, we'll see in the next issue. Yeah, well, not only that, but a couple of books from this week. Um, so I guess Silver Surfer Black. Let's go. Okay. Wait, you did read that, right? I did. Okay. So this was the one we had a long curiosity about because we weren't sure if and or where or how this was going to affect anything, if if at all. Which is not, not saying it had to affect anything, but basically where were they going with this? This right. was the main thing. Like we know there's some elements of it that have shown up in other books and in other events in the past, but this one is pretty much well, actually, take it back. We everything I just said was the case, but and there is one thing that was made. I don't know if it was fantastically clear, but if you you know going back and rereading it for a second, it's like, well, it is def- definitely clear that something biggish happens at the outset of this. And so the premise is uh, because of this spinning out of what happened in. Guardians, oh, good gracious, let go. Was it the first issue of Guardians or first, second issue of Guardians? I don't remember. But regardless, yeah. he was flying. Yeah, when they were reading, right, when they were reading uh, the, the the last will and testament of Thanos right. a long time ago, and then a black a book, hole opened up. Exactly. Right, and then, well, not opened up. They got blown into it because of um, um, the, the, the Black Order. Right. Uh, by a trap by a black order, which everybody else gets saved and and Silver Surfer gets thrown back in time, well, apparently. I was about to say the surfer saves everybody. Well, yes. And exactly. he's essentially the lone the lone person who gets trapped by the black hole. Yes, and, and we and, thought he was in another dimension and turns out he's went back into the past. Exactly. To the very past, uh, as we as we come to find out, uh, specifically in this issue. Uh, how back it seems like he's gone, uh, which is seems to be the big thing of this of this um, of this whole book. It was it was a weird long, well not long, but it was a weird road to get here. Let's put it that way. Um, I guess spoiler alert. Um, I'll ring. We find out that it seems that the Silver Surfer has seeded life on the um on on in throughout the universe, I guess. Galaxies. I'm not I'm not sure how far it went, but it seemed like uh based on what he did in this in this book, he, he seems to have seeded life. Right. So there's a couple of things going on here. Just to get back to, you know, the story, and then we'll get to the ramifications, which is what you're touching upon. Hmm. What uh, what happens in this issue is the surfer finds a way to beat back Null. Not, not you know, not destroying Null, because obviously we see Null in today's, um, you know, and, in today's books. But, in the future. Right. But um, essentially beating him back. Um, with, uh, uh, you know, after a great uh, strain on his part, basically dispensing all of his power cosmic and using like all this life energy that he was able to pull from around the universe. Almost like the a way, spirit bomb. I'm sorry? Almost like a spirit bomb. Right. That's the part that that's the reference that uh, is in my uh, an- my anime and manga uh, blind spot. Which that was um, the last issue. So, you know, yeah, exactly. But um, but the way I understood this is that he is basically 
making a, he's he's com- kind of completing a cycle and the worlds that he's seeding are the ones that he uh destroy or help to destroy as a herald of galactus right which hasn't happened at the time of, of right. this book right so, he is the cause of and the destruction of these worlds right which yeah that's a weird circular circular thing that you don't yeah because even going back because again because in one of the issues he even went back to the birth of uh galactus which another book t- did this week um so it was weird. So the the only other thing to say about else to say about that is like the whole thing is trippy in in visuals. Oh, absolutely. Trad Moore is uh throwing it all at us. We yeah. might as well be on acid. And I and I say that for a couple of different reasons. One, because I know I believe Donnie Cates recent who who the writer of this book recently came out and said it's like, Hey, if you're gonna book do a book, make it metal. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he's saying. He was given um advice from I think Fraction who said it was like hey make it metal and I think that's what he's going to do with the Thor book and this is, he's definitely shown that in a sense here with his kind of with his writing um, and you know Tradmore's art definitely helps pick that ball up and run definitely um, and also say that you know like it's because of a couple of things that happens in in the, the course of this issue, one being a new use for his uh, 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 his surfboard in the way yeah. that we have not seen him use it before, which, like, yeah, okay, that's pretty metal. <laughs> so, I don't know. This 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 was still a real one to read. Like I said, outside of the, the, the fact that he has, you know, as, as we've just said, seeded life that he ends up destroying uh, later on, he doesn't get back to the present from what we see Two, it looks like, and maybe that was a color thing or maybe I'm just tripping. Well, what I was going to say is I think eventually, you know, with the way, and, and, and I'm glad you bring this up because this is the last half of my one sentence note on this book, which is <laughs> there is possibly a new status quo. Right. It's like you mentioned. And, but I, I'm, I'm scrolling through our, 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 our copies now and from what I can tell, he reconstructs himself in the present. That's the way it sounds. I didn't see that at all. But um, well, if you go back, right when you go back, uh, uh, it it basically is him over endless millennia. I'm quoting it here. Oh, oh, slowly over endless millennia, I am remade. So you know, he basically reconstitutes himself over time. But uh, what he is in the present is hard to decipher let's just say there's less of one color in the name of the title and more of another color that's true enough so i know i certainly doubt they're going to rename him <laughs> rename him for that color because that would sound kind of bad but that, um well no what i was going to say is that's just going to be very strange very much but i i also like that um that uh, they they drew upon the uh, um, the the Stanley Mobius two issue uh, series, uh, the Silver Surfer series. Mm. That uh, you know they they actually uh, pop uh, you know they they basically quote from it and they show a panel from it uh, in uh, at the uh, at the end of the book. Right. Right. So uh, that's a nice callback. It's definitely uh, 
and Cates is definitely not a stranger to uh, uh, digging through the crates for um, reference points. Not the crates, but the back issue bins. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So yeah, so that's that's pretty much that. We where we will see the the surfer in the future or in I guess the future present. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, but and I, yeah, I guess the only other thing to say about that is not totally unlike what they did with Galactus, you know, like the last year or two by making him the Life Ringer. They basically changed the status up for a little bit, but now he's back to being right again, which that was. I don't know who made that decision. Like, why would you? Anyway, so and and even in, in with that, I'm sure the surfer will be back to being sure his old classic self at some point. Like, right? I mean, they could have made something else play Galactus's role because that's the way they've always justified having Galactus. Sure. You know, like Galactus has a role in the you know has a role in the universe as the destroyer of worlds. So, you know, there must, you know, how many stories have we read where there must always be Galactus, quote unquote? I mean, sure, they could have, they could have been they could have made, right, they could have made another character fill that role to let uh, Galactus continue to be the life bringer. But God mm. forbid they create somebody else. Yeah. Or, you know, or, yeah. Or repurpose somebody else, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, like I said, we'll we'll see if that, and there is another thing, but there's supposed to be that one com- cosmic event incoming that's coming up. So maybe some of this uh some of this will play a role there sure we don't know but uh until we get to that part we can push on to what's next um so i guess we do one more and then we do rapid fire sure which i guess we, we technically do most of your books anyway all of your books anyway. yeah yeah the last thing i've got is, there's two more either hmm. black panther or friendly neighborhood let's do friendly neighborhood sure i love this issue this was, this was so a fun. pleasant surprise for yeah. me this week. Hmm. I don't know. So I feel like friendly neighborhoods kind of always been, with the exception of maybe one or two issues, pretty light. Sure. Um, you know, and and for the most part, fun. So this one just kind of upped it up the ante on on that. Now, granted, I, I've, I say this has not. I'm fairly certain I have not read the first arc of this, and I think I kind of came in. Actually, I'm not sure where I came, but I came in like somewhere in probably like six or seven, something like that. So you I mean, after they, well, I mean, we were, you, you, you have to, I think you've read, um, when they introduced, I heard a rumor. Well, yes. So that, that was, was the first arc. Right. Was it? Yeah. That's when, because that's where, that's where all this comes from. Then I must've missed something in that then, because there's, there's, so there's, there's, there's been in between because we're up to issue what? 12, 13. 13. Yeah, no, there's definitely been some, uh, they've touched back upon the, the under York stuff, which is what you're, which is what we're dealing with here. Right. And that's the part and, that, that I wasn't familiar with. Or I don't remember being familiar with. Right. That's what you're, uh, that's what you probably missed out on as I, as did I, mm-hmm. uh, because, um, for, to catch everyone up on this, um, this this series uh, started out with the introduction of a concept called Under York. And um, there is, uh, you know, it's isolated in a cavern deep, deep. Yeah. Shout out to Binge Mode. Uh, deep under Manhattan since the middle of the last century. Indeed. So, um, you know, there, there's uh, several characters that have uh, been introduced that have created some tension. And, you know, that's where this story uh, moves forward. 
which weirdly enough, it, it's part of it, and I hate to, to make this comparison, but there's going to be a couple of those probably. Um, this kind of reminds me of, but this, or this is different because these people were like in, like at the center of the earth. Basically, uh, in Starfire's uh, series from last year, a couple of years ago, there was a fairly similar concept, except for like these were like people that just lived under the earth, like not like these people. Like these people are more like, hey, these are displaced people that happen to make a place deep, 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 deep under, you know, under Manhattan. Whereas like these other people that I'm referring to were near the center of the earth, deep, deep in the middle of the earth. And they were kind of wasn't alien, but it was basically just another civilization. Oh, okay. They're not like the Morlocks who are just in the sub in the in the in the uh, yeah, not really. In no. the there's there's you can kind of make a couple of comparisons, but they don't think there were you know. But no, it was like it just like no, this is just another civilization that just so happened to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's another so yeah. And that's what I was kind of thinking about this. I was like, well, wait, couldn't this have been the Morlocks? But nah, this is, goes like way deeper than that. And this deeper like, than this, that, yeah, because yeah. this is basically just seemed like well, if you took all of the people that were displaced. You know, and and they made a place for themselves. Like this would be that, except for this, this is like way deep under, you know, under New York. So, who's to say that there, there's a real, real place like that? We don't know what's under New York, except for you know, <laughs> we don't know. There's them, turtle. Them rats got yeah, exactly. Them rats got to come from somewhere. <laughs> so, but um, but that being said, you know, so the Spidey and the uh, Fantastic Four, who he's teamed up with, um, go to under York and uh, come to find out they're in the midst of a res- revolution um, which they end up taking a part of but not a fully direct part of let's just say like they have a hand in it but they don't fully take it on they don't fully take it head, head on and there's a couple of good like actual laugh out loud moments in this um, in this issue particularly with um, Spidey and Reed Richards Right, and I love that, and they even got Johnny in on one of them <laughs> against his will, which is really funny. Let's just say Sidious Bros are kind of brack. Right. What I was gonna say is this is um, a, a a pleasant byproduct of Spidey's secret identity having been revealed back to the Fantastic Four. Uh huh. You know, reestablishing that part of that that uh, part of continuity and that status quo. So you know that they've always been, in terms of the the characters that Spidey interacts with, he's always been more open with them than pretty much anybody else. I mean, considering you know when he first started, he he basically broke he into their to place. Join them. So right. yes. <laughs> He tra- he's always yeah he, he he always he tried to join the FF. He's never been exactly a willing participant in the Avengers. Mm. So yeah, so so there is that. But um, it was like the, that. The if you read it for anything else, read it for the science bro scene. But the, the whole story, even if you don't know what else is going on, um, you know, previously, this is a pretty uh, good and fun read. Sure. This is definitely a, a potential click of the week for me. I oh, it is for me too, because yeah. it's fun. Yeah. I made a note about, because there was that one particular, uh, the part with, uh, with, uh, uh, Spidey, uh, Reed and Johnny, where they were doing a thing. And it just reminded me of this video game that is, uh, that is out that kind of has a similar uh, mechanic. 
which was kind of funny, except for they were kind of actually talking into it, except without, you know, using a book or whatever. So it was kind of funny. And um, like I said, um, um, Spidey and Reed's interactions just, just in general were, were pretty great. Like I said, before that. So Science 5. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> Which, th- that reaction you heard from Agent 70 was pretty much Ben and Johnny's initial yeah, reaction to it. Pretty much. <laughs> but that's why I loved it. So, yeah. Like I said, check this, check this issue out if you, you get a chance. Um. Well, I guess. Yeah, yeah we can go into rapid fire because I only have one book left. Sure, go for it. Spinning it up. <laughs> We might as well talk about Black Panther number 17. Yep, which we both read. Right. Um, my note pretty much sums up the book, which is that the threat of space and Jaraka continues with the symbiote in tow, and uh, they have plans for his long-dead earthly counterpart. Yes, which uh, essentially means that Killmonger is more than likely going to come back. Right. Spoiler from the cover. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like if you see the there was nothing I just said is gonna 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 it's um... true. You know, there is absolutely no bones about it. We are uh, heading in that direction. Yeah. Which means the cycle continues again. Mm-hmm. Um but hey, well maybe they'll do something different with it. Also there was something that um that was kinda noticed. So Tetu and Zinzi are back, who were um, uh, antagonists from the last volume, I want to say, starting yes. out in the last volume. Uh, yes. they, they come back and work for the um, Indudaka, a.k.a. Space Symbiote. Um, and it seems as if Tetu has picked up another power or something, which which brings me... Because so from what I remember reading um, beforehand, it's like he has power over nature, but what he ends up doing at the end of the book kind of reminds me of another mutant who should be back, and that's where I bring in that what I said earlier. Where's Gateway? Somebody out there is like, yeah. So somebody else is out there like, why do you care? Because we got Manifold, who was so Manifold. So Manifold is basically a teleporter. He uh, he had a mentor named Gateway. Who, if you are a fan of the '90s X Men, you remember when they were uh, in Australia and they had quote unquote died. Uh, Gateway was the one that was teleporting them all over the place, and apparently he was. Um, I hate the date us because that's actually '80s X Men. Yes, like late. I did like that mid, last week. Mid- Mid to late eighties. I did the exact same thing last week. Yeah. Gracious. But, so uh, yes, I apologize. But regardless, um, yes. because Gateway was a because just just very quickly, Gateway was introduced after Fall of the Mutants, and look that one up, kiddos. So well, yeah, uh, well, but no, no, that's good because yeah, because I mean it it, it doesn't change. But in change. any event, as as Roddy Cat was mentioning, uh, Gateway is related, right? Because the the powers that Tetu seems seemingly takes on is looks to seem to be the same way as manifolds and or more specifically gateways, right? In, in the execution, so which brought me to to ask the question, you know, and I don't know if that's going to get answered here or anything. I, there would be something that's like, oh no, yeah, he's he's you know, 
The X-Men brought him back, but then I killed him again because and took his powers some kind of way. I don't know. They probably wouldn't do that to something like that. I, I don't think it's that serious, but uh, regardless, that was just something I was thinking about uh, during the course of this because I'm fairly certain he's never had the power to teleport previously. Pretty certain about that. And I apologize for all the clicking. I'm trying to get some, some behind-the-scenes stuff out of the way. Um, is that it? Oh, I just thought of a, I just thought of a, a, a new clip to uh, to load up. Let's hope YouTube doesn't hit me with an ad. Okay, well. <laughs> Wait, what was that? It was a little quick. Things to make you say. Oh. Things to make you say. Yeah, that's not the best rendition of it. But, yeah, uh, but you know, it might be something to hunt down nice uh so that being the case we are going to go into finish up rapid fire with my stuff um let's see f for fantasy four grand design number one so this is going to sound mean tom shioli skioli whatever it's pretty much still ripping off edge pit score again um, the art, I will say the art in this is, is probably as clean as it was in GoBots. Um, thankfully, because that art he did in Transformers Wars GoBots were, was terrible. And I, now that I'm thinking about it, that was a stylistic choice that, uh, and not that he intentionally did. Regardless, uh, Skiori seems to have this thing... So either he or someone around him has called him an art tour, and that's a bad thing. That's basically like Kanye calling himself a genius, and it's not true. Mm-hmm. And I say that all to say this. So when he does books, which I still say they should have given us the Ed Piscor, but we know the reason why Esco Piscor didn't want it because he didn't have either didn't have time for it. And I think his, he said his knowledge of FF wasn't. Yeah, I was about to say he wasn't as passionate about it because he right. grew up as an X-Men fan. Right. And that's what he wanted. You know, he really wanted to cover that period of X-Men that he, you know, knew and loved. And I totally understand that. But still, that being said, you know, the guy who has and, and I shouldn't say ripped off his style, but because like, both of their styles is, you know, they, they've gotten from somewhere else, you know. They're definitely indie based. Yes, for a certain, but if you told let's put it this way, if you told me that hey, uh, Tom Scioli is the Eminem version of Ed Piscor, I'd be. I mean, it's basically uh, his non plume his Eminem version of, of of himself. I'd be mad at him for the one doing that, and two, I'd believe it. Um. Uh. But secondly, just to get into the book, so the, the grand design is basically like X Men grand design, and it goes through the uh, history of the Fantastic Four, uh, which it starts from before that fateful rocket ship. In fact, it goes into their uh, time travel stuff uh, that they had early on. And even before that, and it also ties back into, goes into uh, Galactus's birth to a point because it looks like, and you know, we get it from a few different views. Like it looks like it starts off from the watcher point of view. And then it goes into the, the members of the, the fantastic four. And the reason why I'm other reason why I'm not crazy about this and probably should have given to the Piscor if he would have wanted it is that, uh, Skelly's writing is just kind of in on itself. 
uh, uh, slightly up his own buttocks the inner point because he tends to do these references to stuff like there's specific pop culture references that he uh he writes and draws this by the way um if, if that did not make that clear that it's like really why would you do that like for instance there was a panel um that uh references empire strikes back let's just say and uh, and also return of the jedi now to think about it that kind of stuff that tends to happen and it was like uh, and there's also a, what seems to be a little bit of revisionist history on stuff because we have the the history of the marvel universe that's floating around we have recent uh fantasy four which has been touching on their uh, their origins uh and this doesn't really touch on some of that but it does because at the end of this book there's um annotations on the stuff that gets covered in this book so that's kind of covered for a lot of this but at the same time some of the writing kind of uh you know kind of this is a little current and and i kind of hate it especially when it's supposed to be of a time in when in some of the places mm-hmm. um and it's just like uh and more more referential to stuff that was like that wouldn't have even been around back then which kind of puts me off with some of it, a lot of his stuff like it, some of that was in GoBots and even it wasn't that it wasn't as bad as this but I'm going about this too long because if you want to uh, like like I would have rather this have been at Puskor doing this because at least he would have been there would have been a little bit more I don't know it would have been I would like to believe it would have been better, better, better but here was what we have. If you're a fan of Grand Fantastic Four, you may want to pick this up. But why? Hey, I love the FF, but I had some trouble getting through the first couple of pages. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, with some with some more time on my hands, maybe I'll uh, I'll give it another shot. Yeah. See, guess what? When when Dirt and I read um, uh, Transfers from His Worst versus G.I. Joe, with second thing. But then again, it was the art then for that one. Like, and I ended up reading GoBots um, like earlier this year or late last year, whatever it was, and it was. I imagine to get through it, but it, it was still him doing this thing, and and there's a there's a thing about his works that's just kind of rubs me wrong. Anyway, that's that. Uh, Contagion number five is next, so this is the last issue of this book, and I will just say that hey, Moon Knight's plan worked. Then they they all go out for burgers, and everything gets wrapped up all nice and neat, easy peasy. Uh, deceased number six. Six, which is basically DC. Well, basically, so when this book started coming out, there was a comment that we were thinking about that they they kind of started this a little early because it is uh, Halloween uh, at the time that we are recording this, like, and um, you know, we it was suggested that they probably could have done it, you know, a little more going into. Halloween, but it seemed like it was perfect because it seemed like it was perfectly planned out for it to end today. This being Halloween, so I feel like that in reading in reading it, it worked out the way it was supposed to, you know. And because it's been coming out monthly, and you know, it it's, it's been hitting when it's supposed to, and here we are at the end of the thing, and it's pretty good. And I don't like too, too, too much like zombie stuff. Like there's a, another Marvel uh, Marvel Zombies book that is coming out this week, as fact. That apparently there's the the Illuminati is going to get involved with or something like that, which I didn't feel like reading because no. Uh, but if you are a fan of, matter of fact, I believe this is Tom Taylor again. Um, if you are of a fan of his injustice stuff, I think you will enjoy this. 
because there's some stuff in here that kind of um kind of kind of seems similar to that and something that may have may have come out of uh, <laughs> uh Batman versus Superman let's just say gets used in this one but um for an Elseworlds book that um I would like to see where this ends up I would like to see them kind of uh expand on it because they basically end up the earth is done because it's basically on a because of events that happen and they have to go off to another planet and they end up doing that which is a planet that uh, they call uh, Earth 2 but Earth 2 is you know as most DC fans would know is a you know as a a a um another multiversal earth but if you are of a certain vintage you know that was a sci-fi show from um NBC called Earth 2 back in the 80s and that's where I take my cue from because when they said that, I was like, oh man, this could have totally rolled right into Earth 2, the, the old TV show. That's just me. It doesn't necessarily read like that, but they could have done it. But I would love to see them expand on it to see what happens when they get onto this. And I won't tell you what happens in, in the course of this to, for them to get to that point, but let's just say Batman has affected stuff from beyond the grave. Also, okay. Um, Doctor Strange Annual Number One. This was also another fun one from this uh, from this week, appropriately timed for the holiday because the first the main story is a Halloween um, surrounding story. Zelma comes to uh, to the Sanctum Sanctorum when uh, Doctor because she was called there. Doctor Strange um, is hosting. Um, it's not a séance, but he's basically. Uh, having a thing, so because the, the, there are spirits that uh, reside in, near in the Sanctum Sanctorum that needs to be um, appeased, and just so happens that Halloween is the time that they do that. And some some things end up happening in the course of the story. And you have like Scarlet Witch and Brother Voodoo and Agatha Harkness and Talisman uh, along for it, and they all have a hand in what happens in it. And it's pretty good. And of course, full size candy bars, folks. If you grew up doing Halloween, you know that was what a treat to getting full-size candy bars would be. All I'm saying is that's a big thing. That's a small big thing that, that happens in this. Uh, and those snakes that Doctor Strange has are trolls, which comes into a, um, an amusing play at a part. Uh, Death's Head, oh, also written by Tenny Howard, who also wrote Death's Head number four, um, and also Excalibur number one. So Death's Head number four is the end of this miniseries. Um, and hey, we basically find things getting sort of nice and cleaned up. Like at the beginning of the issue, uh, in the first issue, Death Head had a bottle in his head and that gets taken care of. A version of his old nemesis gets, let's say, repurposed, uh, in, at the end of this, of this, this, um, uh, issue who's been pretty much fighting them the last few issues, uh, uh, Wiccan and Hulkling has has a resolution of their own, uh, and there's a new version of Death Head called V that's been floating around. And whether we see that character again, who knows? But they're still floating around uh, at the end of this. And uh, my last book? Oh no, it's not my last book. I got one, two more. Uh, Ironheart number eleven. Which why did not put that in there? That's crazy. Ironheart number eleven finds um, uh, Ruby Williams still in Wakanda at this wellspring, this all powerful wellspring, 
Uh, she's with Shuri, Okoye, and the silhouette from old New Warriors fame, which also uh, Midnight Fire, her brother, also shows up because he's shown up in the in the the book in the past, and he has a hand of what's been going on on the other side of this. Come to find out, basically, those um, Rewee Williams's dad is still alive, and um, not on the side of angels. Let's just say, which, as I say in my notes, puts. Um, Ironheart, Ruby Williams, in the status of um, possibly becoming a runaway. Mm, hold mean... on. So, and I mean the group runaways. If that means anything to you, then you kind of understand where it's coming from. Um, it's a good issue to read. There's a team up with, like I said, the four ladies that I mentioned privately, and I would love to see a book with all of them as a team. Uh, it's it's a, you know, I can see it happening so check this book out iron heart needs more readers it's 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 a pretty good read oh Ruby's dad if you see him especially the way he's drawn in this issue um he has some very striking features <laughs> i will okay, say that i'm gonna i mean now i'm gonna flip to it because let's put it this way it's if you've seen Ruby williams uh basically a male version of that but the way he, they draw him in this book is just stands out it's like wow okay like clearly that is her. yeah exactly <laughs> jeez like it is it is very striking i'm like all right that's just put it put it out there but again good read you should check it out check out iron heart because it's a pretty good book um last but not least transformers galaxies constructagons number two so the constructagons are still on this moon and they're kind of having a uh a bit trace, let's just say, because they want to get back to Cybertron, but they have this project they have to do. Um, but also, they are being primed to join a certain other group against um, that they are more classically associated with, because the the Insecticons are there and um, maybe mounting a recruiting drive, let's just say. And again, this is seems to be back when they first. Um, this seems to be set like first or right after they sh- learned how to combine. So there is that. It's a interesting book, I guess. And that, folks, is that. Now we can go to Clicks of the Week. Sure. Uh, we have one click for one of our um, partners, and that is Venom number 19 from Tim. Uh, Venom. Yeah, I know he's been he's been um he's been on the Venom train, and I'm not, I'm not sure why, but that's him. <laughs> and he didn't really give it say anything else about it, so we don't. He didn't. Uh, so that's pretty much that. Um, and Dirt didn't have one, but I'm gonna go ahead and say for him, what if the collection, the complete collection, volume two. Which also came out this week. There you go. Um, yes, uh, I was going to just add. Uh, bear in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that this is a fifth week of uh, comic book publishing. So we had a lot of uh, annuals, especially from DC, um, and some from Marvel that we spoke about, but especially from DC that we did not uh, partake of. So um, it's a little on the lighter side for reading material. For some, yeah. 
That's usually, yeah, like we said last week, that's usually when they kind of just throw out whatever else books that then, you know, like it just only said also a lot of annuals and other books that they didn't get to during the course of the month. Um, which a lot of times is some annuals or not. But no, it was actually still, I think it was still a good, depending on what you're looking for. Honestly. Right. Well, it depends on what your pull list or what your there is that. Yes. Um, so. I'm going to go with Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number 13. Yep. I also, when the, which I said, I pretty much uh, said that when we talked earlier before the show. I, gotcha. Um, but yes, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man was was definitely a great read. Like like I said, there's uh, Ironheart was good. That was also a potential clicker of the week for me uh, for uh, for the, the team up aspect and, um, you know, Invisible Woman. There was some good stuff this week, uh, but definitely Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Was. They're wrapping uh, Ironheart with twelve, right? Mm, probably. I, I hadn't heard. Uh, I hadn't heard one way or the other, honestly. But I wouldn't be surprised at this point, which is sad. Right. Definitely sad, but uh, it's nice that they got a full twelve issues out of it. So well, they I mean, they've been out. a lot of them. They've been making twelve, but I mean, right. they've been they've been getting the twelve for a lot of them. Unless it's just you know, it's not Black Panther and the crew. Oh no! Yes, I'm gonna continue to bring that up. Damn good. <laughs> but it's sad that even if that is the case, it's sad because this book, you know, like yeah, they say whatever about low sales and and you know not being um, market corrected, but sometimes a lot of times they don't go out of their way to do said marketing and putting the word out. And and, and yes, it's up to us to do that in 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 kind. But 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 I would also note that they're probably going to use the Iron Man 2020 to if I, what I've read is um they're going to launch a new volume out of that event and there's some and that kind of stuff happened with that kind of still sucks but right especially cuz there's been a lot of that in the last few years and that's why which puts some people off of you know comics because those well, what do I jump on do I jump on here do I do you know and you know if you're not keeping up on some of the stuff like you know, we do a lot of times or have the means to, I can understand people getting lost in that. Definitely. You know? I mean, I don't like it because the, 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 and it causes a disjointed reading yes. uh, experience, but uh, you know, we're coming at it from a different perspective. We're coming at it from the weekly perspective. Some people come at it from the monthly or the, you know, the trade uh, waiters. So, yeah. But still, um, it is still regardless, still understood regardless because it, it is a yeah. it's not a thing that should continue to happen. But it number new number one sale, unfortunately, and events happen and events it happens with and, virtually every title now. We can't even say that it's just uh, you know that it's just um, some of the smaller titles, right? So like stuff gets killed and then brought back or killed and not brought back or, you know, any number of things happens in, in, in a cycle. Right. And, and it's a sad thing that shit happened. And it used to not happen as much, but right. like is. in, in, um, in recent news, see X-Men, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we move on to the news, we'll get our first ad read in for the night, despite Roddy Cat's objections. Um, our first ad read of the night is for Busted Tees. This episode of the Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture, cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture, and much more are all on sale. To help keep our podcasts free, 
order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. Now we move into the news. That's cute. He acts like my objections matter. All right. Now we get into the cinematic news. Starting off with... Wait, hold on. Do I actually finish this? Do this every week? Not every week, but... Yep, I didn't finish. So bear with me for a second. Um, Where was I? You know what? I'm going to do this. There. Um, while I finish this up, sorry. Do, 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 Because we were talking before the show, a little behind the scenes, and I usually would have finished doing the links. I should probably cut this. <laughs> I should probably cut this out of the show. Thank you. Probably won't. What's that? I said I was. I could probably cut this out of the show, but I probably won't because I'm lazy. <laughs> it's and not it's, taking too long. And it's, it's still good. in the video, so it doesn't matter. So if you do love us enough to watch the video, thank you for, for being here. We appreciate you. Um, I was going to ask you a good question, but since I'm almost finished. It's all good. Um. And there we go. And now, cinematic news, like like should have been happening. Captain America explained why he chose Falcon before he time traveled. Um, I don't where. So apparently, there there's an explanation from according to this article as to why he chose Sam. Like I. I am of the mind of like, does it does it need to be explained? <laughs> but you know, hey, articles are what it is, and you got to have content. So I was about to say it's somebody that's uh, digging for content. Yeah, basically. So, and there's been a lot of that, especially within the last um, month or two. Well, specifically, you no, know, it has been last month or two, even around the cons. It was like, wow, there's some articles that come out. Like, this must be a slow news days. But regardless, if you care, that's there's an ex- there's one person's explanation as to. Uh, why next all right uh new eternals set photos reveal mysterious marvel location so filming for the eternals is underway as construction on a massive set piece in the canary islands continues um it in uh, it appears to be uh the same location as the babylon set previously revealed last month um what it kind of appears to be a clay home of sorts, so it's probably um, whatever home home base the Eternals have. I forget the name of it. Yeah, I don't know, and I'm sure there's probably going to be a bunch of CG around it anyway. So it doesn't at this point. It is what it is. Adobe. I just wanted to say that. Um, <laughs> Marvel Hawkeye show will reveal Clint Barton's backstory. Uh, if you have been keeping up with the news, you will also know that uh, Jeremy Renner, the actor that plays Haw- uh, Hawkeye, has been having some issues lately, or has had an issue lately, I'll say. So, 
you know, I I don't know if this is still going to be up in the air or if this, you know, at the time of this article, uh, it's a thing. If you know Hawkeye's um, backstory, you know. Well, let's put it this way. If you know Hawkeye's comic book um, uh, origin story, that'll be interesting uh, if they will indeed go that far back and do that. Because as you know, he started out as basically a villain, for uh, uh, an Iron Man villain of sorts with uh, right. Black, Black Widow. Doubt they'll do that, but it'll probably just go back to his old S.H.I.E.L.D. days or something, you know. Although you would, I wouldn't be surprised if they did a little bit of the carnival stuff. Well, yeah, like yeah, maybe they'll you know. even introduce the carnival crime or something. Yeah, something along those lines. Maybe that could happen. It could happen. So, but regardless, uh, stay tuned for that. Next, next up, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series was supposed to be one movie confirmed by Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I feel like this article has uh, a similar article has come out before. Like we do know that they are filming, just like the um, the Marvel stuff. They are they they are filming the um, the Disney Plus shows uh, in a movie format for certain. Right. You know, and I think we even joked about it uh, over you know in previous episodes where um, this format of uh, six hour long episodes basically breaks down into three movies. Right. And plus, this Obi-Wan movie specifically was supposed to be a movie before they decided to go this route. So, right. I guess and they're actually giving it its full trilogy. <laughs> right. And so, technically, this is actually sort of happening in a roundabout way. Right. Um, so, cool. Rogue One writer Tony Gilroy joins Cassian Andor uh, Star Wars series at Disney+. Plus. This is kind of a... This is a, a it's not old, but I meant to put this in last week and I didn't. It's it is it is what it is. So yeah, that the uh the Cassian Andor show is still coming and now they have a um now they have a a writer. So yeah, there you go. Next. All right. So recently uh the Mandalorian trailer dropped and five Mandalorian character posters were also dropped. So uh, there is the uh, titular Mandalorian character played by Pedro Pascal, ex-Rebel shock trooper Cara Dune played by Gina Carano, bounty hunter um, Guildhead Grief Karga played by Carl Weathers, Apollo, yep. IG series bounty hunter droid IG-11 voiced by Taika Waititi. Who basically looks like IG-88, so if you know that character, right. you know. Right, and the final character poster introduces an unidentified Ugnaught. Yes, I'm not sure who who in the world that's supposed to be, but I guess we'll find out when that happens. Uh, hey, guess what, folks? We're only a couple of weeks away from uh, Disney Plus uh, uh, going live. It is very, very near, and and this and also this uh, show coming out because it also starts the same day as uh, as Disney Plus, which is November twelfth. So, right stay tuned for that. Um, cool. So, yeah, if you, uh, did you watch the trailer? I did. How did you, what'd you think? It's interesting. I mean, you know, they're they're only going to give away so much. True, but. Yeah, because I mean, there's there's still a lot that are not necessarily known about it. Like we kind of get a an idea of the setting and and whatnot, but there's like yeah, you know, there's still a good bit not to know. So, um, Star Wars trilogy from Game of Thrones creators canceled, and I say yay. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh... 
So yes, um, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss um, were set to write and produce the trilogy of films, which have already which had a release date of 2022, but they killed it um, for some odd reason. I don't really care. It's good that it did because I can't. You know, this is not the the only news surrounding. Speaking of, I think them, uh, but Game of Thrones that we'll talk about later on. Uh, next up, uh, in only slightly related news, apparently based off of reports from the Benioff and Weiss departure, um, it's not a big surprise, but it was revealed that filmmakers who work on the Star Wars franchise do not have a lot of creative freedom. They basically uh, uh, are under the um, Star Wars story, under group. the uh, purview of Kathleen Kennedy and her team. Right. The Star Wars. What happened with Solo? Well, yeah, see, those basically everything has to go through, even, um, um, you know, the comics have to go through the story group. Also, you can see if you look at the uh, credits for, for comic book, you will see some folks on the story group or, and or the, uh, the shows that they have, you know, right. everything runs through the story group. And so they have a uh, final say about what gets, which, you know what, I, I don't see where there's a, a big of a problem with this because think about it, sometimes you give as we have seen in the in the past, you give um you basically license stuff out to folks and they take it where they want to take it and sometimes that's not always good. Right. You know, like like and but some would argue that hey, you know, them having this much control over thing is not is kind of stifling to the creative process. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is on that. Um like that's like saying, hey, you can't be funny without cursing or putting somebody down, which that's not always true either. It's not the same situation, but that, that's mm-hmm. where I'm taking it. So regardless of whether if whether this report is true and they're not given a whole lot of creative control, like, okay. Like, sure. Like, even if it, if, if, like, yeah, if it's your own project, sure, that's one thing. But if you're doing a project for someone else and they have an idea about what they want to do, like yeah, of course it's not gonna fall into. They're not just gonna let you do just just any old thing. So, anyway, um, excuse me. Star Wars solo writer blames Disney for box office failure. This is also somewhat um, uh, related to that last article. So this is Lawrence Kasdan of uh, Empire Strikes Back fame, also who basically complained that it's Disney's fault. Um, excuse me. Hold on, what does it say? To... Yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, the... the, the, the uh, so basically, Kasdan was saying that the, the most... Uh, I think some of this is some editorializing on the, um, on the, the article writer's part. But uh, Solo's like Lost Show was seen by some as proof uh, audiences were tiring of Star Wars and franchise fatigue was setting in. I've heard some of those complaints. That's, that could be true, but uh, there are also a lot of Star Wars fans who are like, nope, just give me anything. I don't care. So you have to take it with a take it for what it is on that one. Like, uh, I don't want to say true Star Wars fans because that, that the term is, you know, kind of terrible nowadays. 
like what's a true fan like the, the, they say a true fan or a true this and that is whatever but no like the some of the more ardent fans are like no just give me more star 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 wars i don't care what it is now the people who don't like the stuff like this you know this is not for them those movies were not for them and some would argue those people are not some would say that those, those are not really star wars fans I would just say that st- that Solo uh, isn't as bad as you remember it. Exactly, it was it was not uh, a bad, terrible movie. Uh, I you know I watched it uh, on uh, home release, so mm-hmm. um, I definitely didn't uh, contribute to the box office. But um, you know, come on, not every Star Wars. You know, like the thing is, you know, you're dealing with uh, what's become. Uh, a franchise that is going to have a couple of bumps in the road every once in a while. Yeah, and even if that's the case, like I said, you know, hey, some would argue, yeah, it was Solo was an unnecessary movie. Sure, you can make that claim, but at the same time, there are also those same, same people who are like, well, we don't need to know the backstory on this stuff because we got everything we need. No, we don't. Like, there are some stuff that's still are, that hasn't been told. Now, the problem is where we are now the way that stuff may end up getting told if they do uh has a lens of current you know uh, the current way things are being told and the uh the things around it which that might be a problem because right. especially given with all we know about the, the franchise now and what people tend to do right to, to make it quote-unquote modern and current right. And besides, you know, every time you ask for every, every time you think you want something from the past you get uh the younglings and you get um the women and, and the children too midichlorians so, um yeah so anyway moving on so yeah uh, so that's so that's just gonna be a thing i mean who's to say Never, anyway, yeah. next up next up um stump town on abc has gotten a full season order this is a series based on the comic book of the same name by greg rucka matthew southworth and justin greenwood it's gotten a full season order from abc it stars maria hill yeah um, right. Right. well it's, it's basically maria hill playing jessica jones but without the the powers there you go that's because i watched the first episode and i'm like okay this is all right but she's basically playing jessica jones in i guess portland i don't know mm-hmm. weird i don't know it's not bad i'm like go ahead colby and which hey colby smolders is the producer on the show so you know get that money girl next up um morbius major spider-man character rumored to make a cameo appearance so i believe that this is a rumor so just Take that for what it is. Or, I heard or, a rumor. I got. I got to clip that too. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, so some rumor site, according to some sources, saying that uh, J.K. Simmons will appear in the Morbius movie, which apparently they're still doing. And I believe so. Uh, so J.K. Simmons, you know, playing um, J. Jonah Jameson, and may end up showing up in that movie. This is one of those movies, like. Venom that I believe shouldn't be like some like some people would say about Solo doesn't need to happen. Um, just totally my opinion. I could be wrong about it. I don't believe I am. Right. But you know, and plus know. there's no and plus if I'm not mistaken, this is also another movie like Venom with no actual Spider-Man ties. Right. I was gonna say when you're mining IP, you know, sometimes you got to dig deep. 
deep. Yes, but so, okay, but but, uh, but they're mining something that already have connections to something that's been making them money that right. they could have totally used. But they chose to like, now nah, we're just gonna just we'll use the we we'll use that property, but we're just not gonna tie it to the thing that it, that's originally tied to. It makes no sense at all. Right. All right. Uh, up next, um, some crisis. Uh, some set photos behind the scenes on the crisis um, crossover on the CW um, uh, may have confirmed a popular fan theory that John Spartan Diggle will become a green lantern before the end of arrow season eight. It shows him in a green suit, which, okay. That's not really, see, they've been doing stuff like this since the, since arrow beginning. Like I remember one particular scene in probably like season one, maybe season two, something like that, where they had Diggle under a green light in a club and people were like, Oh, are they foreshadowing maybe, um, green lantern at some point? Yeah. I don't know. But being that they're having this, um, you know, crossover event, they could do it specifically because they, it's a multiversal thing. So man, they could totally do it one way or the other. I guess. Mm-hmm. So, sure. I mean, would I want to see it? Sure. I wouldn't mind. That, that is pretty, actually pretty good. Um, so, who knows? Next up, uh, Flash Theory, how Nora West Allen set up show... Um, how Nora West Allen set up Crisis on Infinite Earth. So... Um, I'm behind all of these Arrowverse shows, and I know that um, uh, I don't watch it. Well, I mean, I have been watching. I'm just like a couple of seasons behind, so you know, it is what a couple of seasons. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting. I mean, I say that because I'm I'm actually starting to catch, you know, trying to catch up. But it's, okay, it's, uh, but at a certain point, when the crossover happens, you kind of want to stop. That that's just me. Again, that kind of goes the same with the comic books events. Like if you caught up on something, but something about an event happens to get in the way, uh huh, and you may or may not want to read around a bit. But there, so I've been running, you know, checking out all of them. So it is what it is. But regardless, um, her coming on the show in last season apparently may have also set up this uh, upcoming crisis that uh, is about to happen. Cross this crossover that um, happens next month, I believe. So yeah. And apparently, there's a theory that her coming on the her coming on when she did and being there may have, and something she did may have um, have been another setup to it. Which okay, it's all connected always with those the Arrowverse shows, so wouldn't be surprised. Next, alrighty, uh, Ray Palmer, uh, the Adam actor, Brandon Routh, uh, previously announced his departure from the DC's Legends of Tomorrow show we talked about back that. in August, and he's now had his last day on set which uh, prompted him to share a series of photos alongside a heartfelt post. And there's some reaction to that from his uh, co-stars. Yeah. So. So, yeah. All right. The puppet from that. Wait. All right. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. Um, So, yeah. If you're watching the video, you can see I'm clicking through his Instagram thing with the the pictures. So, yeah. His uh, last time on the show. Uh, I guess we'll probably be around the, um, I guess would be in the crossover. I'm not sure because, you know, whatever, for whatever he's, he filmed seems to be from that. Um, CW orders nine more Batwoman episodes for season one. So not really sure how many shows they had. Uh, oh, see the reported first by deadline. This comes after just three episodes have been aired. 
seems like the CW, like what they see from the ratings, which I've heard, you know, decent things from the ratings, but how many shows did they have? Oh, wait. Uh, bringing the its first season up to 22 episodes, which a season nowadays is usually like 13, depending on what it is. So that's interesting. Hmm. So the fact that it's getting 22 out of a possible 26 that we used to get consistently, <laughs> I guess that's saying something for the show. Uh, next up. Uh, spoiler alert. Supergirl is saying goodbye to a major character. So it's become official. Uh, Mikad? Yeah. Mikad Brooks's James Olsen has left Supergirl. So in the latest episode, um, he has said, Peace. Yeah, this is which, given the reason that that he left, seems you know, or, or at least given that the reason why they've said it here seems a little whatever. But okay, I guess at least they didn't kill him off. So, and, and I guess since uh, you know, this is me being silly, but like I guess since now he has a a, a maxi series book where he's you know his original white, they can't have that and this black dude running around as Jimmy Olsen anymore. So they got rid of him. That's not true, but you know, um, who knows why he's leaving? But it, it, honestly, I'm kind of surprised he's been there this long. To be honest, like he, they've used him a good bit. Like he's even become guardian at some point. But, like I think that's probably where I am, where okay. I left off with it. So they've used him a good bit, but uh, you know, I guess it was only a matter of time for them to get rid of that character off the show. A uh, young Justice villain coming to CW Supergirl, uh, according to a report. So apparently, a Nick Sager has uh, Sagar has been cast as the villain Rip Roar for the fifth season of CW Supergirl, according to TV Line. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Sager himself confirmed a role on Supergirl, but didn't confirm who he'd be playing. And apparently, that uh, the uh, that episode that he'll be on is coming up. Uh, soon because this was uh dated today at, at the time of this recording cool yeah next next up in slightly shocking news i guess to me i'm not up on my cw despite the fact that we go over the news every week mm-hmm. uh, it's only because i always thought this was never going to occur on the cw arrowverse shows but fooled you. say that again has it fooled you yeah, and a lot of people. And a lot of people. Because yeah. uh, the CW seems to be developing a series with Tyler Hawkland or Hoechlin and um, Elizabeth Tulloch in the title roles, roles of Superman and Lois. Shout out to uh, um, Terry Hatcher and what's his name? Yeah, with whose name we don't. Screw exactly it. like i said what's his name yeah um so it so the reason why it's a surprise is because they and I think we've mentioned this last week uh, well at least to me i don't know if, if it's the same for you they specifically said that they were not going to use the big names on these uh Arrowverse shows that's like exactly batman, right like batman wasn't going to show up but that's not the case because uh batwoman is a thing and they've alluded to batman and even his showing up during a or supposedly a version of batman is uh and robin is Showing up on the thing, Superman, same deal with you know Supergirl. Superman showing up, which does with this good tonight. So, it's, 
I was about to say it's probably a byproduct of the fate of their movie production. So they've probably opened it up a little bit on the TV side. Yeah, maybe. Sadly, these people are still not going to be uh, in the next movies, though. Uh, what 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 they may be. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um. So knowing that they've opened the floodgates on that stuff is not that big of a surprise, but it is a big of a surprise given what they've said in the past about this stuff. Uh, Joker movie provide Joker proves that uh, Rotten Tomatoes is biased toward mediocre movies. Uh, that is the editorializing for. This is not that Stephen Colbert, I'm going to assume. <laughs> um, who is the writer of this article. Uh, oh. But I will go on to say is that, well, Rotten Tomatoes is terrible on many of accounts. Not by their own thing, because it can be gamified and as, you know. As right, because they're an says. aggregator. Right. And that's what, lo- that's what allows it to be gamed. But this article kind of goes into why the they why this um, Arthur feels the way they do about um, Rotten Tomatoes, which there are some points in here. Yeah, I, I you know because it the, the I guess the long and short of it is basically like yeah the because of the way Rotten Tomato Tomatoes aggregates, um, it doesn't necessarily go by actual well. I mean, there are actual critical uh, reviews that are put on the site, but they kind of get tamped down because of X, Y, Z reasons and therefore kind of gets meaningless. Yep. All right. Next. Next up, uh, the Batman. Matt Reeves has confirmed Jeffrey Wright is going to be playing Commissioner Gordon. Okay. Cool. Hey, he's a great actor, so good on him. Um... That's really nothing else than you be said. That that Batman movie's still happening. <laughs> if you don't know Jeffrey Wright, hey, he's been in Westworld and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, next up, HBO Max will be free for HBO subscribers and AT and T customers. Yay! So yeah, yay if you're if you're one of those folk. Um, I was uh, like, hey, that's one less that's one less stupid streaming app, and I, I still have access to the West Wing. Right. So the the clarification on this is that the service will be provided free of charge to AT&T customers subscribing to the carrier's wireless phone service. Right. As well as the DirecTV subscribers 18 um as no I'm assuming the Uverse is in there somewhere. I don't know. It doesn't necessarily say um and I say that for personal reasons, but I you I would also assume that you would have to be subscribed to HBO as this says in order to get that benefit outside of those reasons mm-hmm. so yeah i mean outside of yeah, the, the at&t yeah i was gonna say it's basically a jacked up it's basically a, st- a roided up version of hbo go basically which there's that, that's the weird thing because there's hbo go there's hbo now which i think uh, i saw an article saying that that's probably going to get folded into this right they're which probably makes sense. right that exactly that's the one it's it's the it's the now is um, the one for non-subscribers, right? Well, so it's in HBO Go technically because you can because yes, you can get HBO Go with a subscription, but you don't also have to because you can get it for on a monthly thing by itself, right? No, I mean I'm talking about with the cable subscription, right? So oh, right so now, yeah, now it, pro- it makes sense for now to get folded into 
uh, Max, and you know, and and obviously Max is going to uh, in, envelop uh, Go as well now. I would think so. Yeah. So it says here the cost of service for non ATT customers has yet to be announced. So, but that's going to happen closer to next year when this comes out. Yep. Uh, Green Lantern, Strange Adventures, DC Superhero High, getting HBO Max series. Uh, weird thing about this says nothing about DC Universe, the streaming service that they have for such things, <laughs> which also has been coming into question as to whether that's going to be around. You won't be around next year. <laughs> but we'll you know, see. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely see. Um. But according to this, according to a variety, Strange Adventures has been in development at the DC Universe streaming service before being moved to HBO Max. So that's what this article says. But Strange Adventures is a, sounds like a, well, it says here, a DC superhero anthology that will feature characters from across the DC canon. The one hour drama will explore close ended stories about the interesting, uh, intersecting lives of ordinary humans and superheroes. And of course, hey, Green Lantern is whatever it is. It's going to be. <laughs> it's a Green Lantern show. Who knows? But the superhero high. It sounds like it's a uh, it's a show based off of those um the well not only the comics but the the shorts that um um that DC's been putting out on YouTube. As it sounds like, and sounds like Elizabeth Banks is executive producing uh, the half hour comedy yep. of that. So cool. Yeah, I'm like, they, didn't they do a superhero high type movie mm-hmm. with yes. like Kurt Russell like some years back? Oh no, no, no. Well, yes, they did, but, but obviously, it, yeah, it's obviously not DC related. DC. Yes, exactly. that was a, that was actually that was a Disney property. So it, it was called Superhero High, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, goodness gracious. All right, um, next up, uh, apparently we've all heard a rumor <clears throat> that uh, Warner Brothers is developing a Starfire origin movie for uh i don't know if it's for the big screen or if it's for streaming yeah because um, it, it says here for dceu which almost makes me say dc universe but it says dceu which makes me think movie theater. movie right but i well, doubt if they would do a dc universe this because starfire is on titans which is on dc universe i doubt they will make a big budget movie right but uh, there, there's definitely plenty of source material to mine because uh, the article, I guess, goes on to note uh, plenty of um, Starfire's origin uh, points, you know, uh, 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 points in her story. Those were all um, based in the original Titans, uh, New Teen Titans run uh, when the character was introduced. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they use Anna Diop, who is gorgeous. Next up, um, Watchmen's latest twist shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. I am not been watching this show. It's uh, not bad. But it's been blowing. This has been setting Twitter ablaze the last couple of weeks. It's not bad. It's pretty good because it's going in a new direction. And right. that's what's fun. Right. And so I am not entirely sure about what this twist is, but basically something happens. And, you know, given especially given what I've seen, heard about the last uh, the first episode is the things that they bring up. Yeah, it's probably not a surprise. Yep. So good on it. Maybe one of these days I'll check it out and actually maybe possibly read the source material. Probably not. <laughs> well, you at least have a copy of it now. Yes. They show oh, you, 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 
I was about to say you are one less excuse down. Uh, <laughs> so uh, in very recent news, Game of Thrones uh, sequel prequel that was uh, initially that, that was supposed to be led by Naomi Watts has been uh, declined to be picked up by HBO. Mm-hmm. In fact, you could take the next one. Because shortly after, in related that, news, right? In related <laughs> news, HBO did in fact order a Game of Thrones spinoff centered around House Targaryen, uh, telling their backstory before three hundred years before the uh, Game of Thrones television series. Hmm. So it's like so the Old Republic for, but for either way. Yeah, but so it's like the Old Republic, but for which I think that um, the, the 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 showrunners who supposedly had the trilogy, I believe. They were reportedly going to do an Old Republic Star Wars uh, trilogy. Um, thankfully, they're not going to get to get to to uh, to get to do. Mm-hmm. And this one is kind of like this, but for um, Game of Thrones. Okay, sort of, except for not as long in the past. Lucifer final season big announcement teased by superfan Kelly Clarkson. Um, so apparently Kelly Clarkson loves her some Lucifer, that Fox show that is based off of uh, the, the comic book. I've never watched the show. Don't care to. Got me. Yeah. Um, and I guess that the show, that's right, because the show had been moved to Netflix this past season because it, they, uh, it, it got off of Fox. Um, and all uh, right, and Kelly Clarkson has her own show now. I don't know what's wrong with people nowadays. But anyway, um, Netflix revealed a visit by Clarkson to the set of Lucifer, writing um, she not only brought the show cameras to set up for an episode airing on October 28th, but she also be dropping some news about season five. So, you know, got to get that um, that marketing money out of the way. No further details are, is, has been teased about the announcement, have been revealed. So, okay. Next. Okay. Um, some spoilers for the current Walking Dead television series. Apparently something's going on with Ezekiel and Michonne has discovered it. So that is that. Yes. And if you're watching the video, a event happens in between those two, which, okay. Mm-hmm. Lucky man. Uh, close with Star Trek Picard's newest uniform. So apparently, yeah, we get a shot of um, what uh, Patrick Stewart's Picard will be wearing. Um, will be wearing on the show. Assuming he's going to be wearing it because he's not in Starfleet anymore. So you guess he's going to get back in uniform. But regardless of whether that's the case or not, this is it looks like the Starfleet uniform of the time. That he that the show will be uh, set in, yeah, in the future. Okay, mm-hmm. so cool. I mean, yeah, you know, it's not a bad design. It's, it, it is what it is. Uh, next up, all right. Minor spoilers for the upcoming uh, James Bond movie, No Time to Die, and um, the uh, the 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 villain name. The 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 spoilers that the villains. <laughs> Is uh, Safin or Safin? I'm not sure what the uh, what the pronunciation is, but uh, that's the name of the new supervillain. Hmm. Sure, played by uh, Rami Malek of Mr. Robot fame, I guess. So, right, 
No right. time to no time to die, Doctor Bond, Mister Bond. I'm sure they'll throw that in there someplace because they can't help themselves. If not, then you're welcome. Warren Ellis writing Ramayana uh, inspired cartoon for Netflix. So, um, Ramayana, I'm hoping I'm saying that right. I apologize if not. An animated series written by writer um, <clears throat> Warren Ellis has been picked up by Netflix. First reported by Deadline, Heaven's Forest will reunite Ellis with his Castlevania collaborators, uh, producers Adi Shankar and Kevin Cold, which sounds like Captain Cold's brother, uh, and animation studio Powerhouse Animation, who I believe also did that uh, um, that uh, uh, Castlevania one. So good stuff. Says Heaven's Forest is set in an Indo-futuristic world with storyline and characters inspired by the Indian mythology of the Ramayana. Reads uh, Deadline's description for the series. And Warren Ellis go ahead and says uh, he's delighted to be partnering again with Netflix, my Castlevania comrade, and the Indian creative uh, community to create the surreal, mythic narrative field with life and heart. So it says there, the, the Ramayana is one of the pillars of Indian literature and centers on Prince Rama, a major deity in Hinduism. So, cool. Okay. No, no release has been set for it, but look out for it. Okay. Um, Guillaume Canet and Gil uh, Lelouch have been cast. That's my uh, high school French coming in handy. I know, right? have been cast as the titular leads in the upcoming live-action Asterix and Obelix, the Silk Road big-screen adaptation, as reported by Deadline. Or for us uh, Americans, Asterix and Obelix. <laughs> Kane will perform double duty, also serving as director. Yeah, so cool. Some obscure, well... It's not, really. I know it's, it's not. Funny. I'm, I'm, I'm actually joking, but... Popular in France. It's actually it, it's kind of sort of popular here, which is why they're bringing it over. Well, I assume they're bringing it over, right? But, um, but yeah, I mean, if if anything else, it is definitely known here. Let's put it that right. way. Definitely. Um, last up in the cinematic news, everything you need to know about the Terminator universe before Dark Fate. Isn't that this weekend? Uh, yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> Because I know they're doing the media blitz, so it's got to be out this weekend. Or They've been week. doing a media blitz for a minute now, but yes, um, we'll find out. Oh, yeah, so November 1st. So technically, I guess it started tonight. Right. Um, if I'm going to paraphrase this this article, and this is before I even read half, because I read a part of it, I'm just going to say, and I believe uh, Cameron has said the same thing, you can skip everything after two. Because one and two are the only one that matters. It's like, yeah, the, the only ones that count to him. Yeah. And and to a lot of fans, to be honest, because let's face That's it, um, some people like Salvation, which I didn't think it was that bad, but it's, yeah. And Salvation itself was supposed to be overwriting three, which was terrible, supposedly. Um, So that's, it is what it is. I still kind of would have watched, I think I did watch a little bit of three and I have watched Salvation, but I kind of almost feel compelled to watch all of those movies over again before going through this at some point in time, which won't be anytime soon. Never watched them. What, any of them? Nope, only one and two. Oh, okay. That doesn't mean like any, any of them. No, no, any of the, any of the, any of the films after one and two. So somewhat, you're not missing much, but yeah. Right. What I was going to add is, uh, it wasn't because 
I chose to forget them. I was just like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get that. Because I think, and I think the only time, I, the only reason why I ended up watching Salvation is because once again, I was stuck in a hotel somewhere and it was on. Right. So, right, right, and right. three probably was the same way, but I just, just missed most of it. So, yeah. Next we'll up. When to get around to it. Um, oh, we're going to the comic news. Yes, we are. Transition, transition. Let's find the good transition. All right. Uh, Y'all ready for this? <laughs> Spider-Man Noir returns for a Spider-Verse spin-off comic book series. So uh, Spider-Man Noir is going to return in a five-issue limited series by Margaret Stoll and Juan Ferreira in March of 2020. We don't choose where to dance. Just out of got the line already. Um, <laughs> into the Spider Verse, but hey, Cage is no Cage doing Cage. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's that's gonna be a thing. Um, it says, uh, yeah, I think you already said this, but the series will follow the adventures of the title character shortly after his revival. His revival in February's Spider Verse number five. Which spoiler? I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, wait a minute. That's kind of a spoiler. Yeah. But okay, which now that I think about it, I I should really catch up on the the spider stuff. Like I still have yet to finish Spider Verse and that other that, that last one I obviously didn't read. But you know, one of these days, hopefully I'll be caught up. Next up, Marvel's Illuminati reunite to investigate a major cosmic villain's death. Shout out to Tim, uh, our very own Tim, for writing this. And this is from that Marvel's, uh, the thing we alluded to earlier, but this is from that Marvel Zombies Resurrection book that came out this week. Hmm. Um, which is the only reason why I wanted to read it, because I saw this article and noticed they were going to be involved, but I still didn't read it because I, I dread reading a, a zombie book, even though hmm. I read basically two this week. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so apparently they get involved, the, the Illuminati get involved because um, what whatever happens in the course of this book. And sound like it's a it's a cosmic villain. So maybe this is also going to play into to something coming up uh, with that other event, or maybe not. Who even knows okay. at this point? Uh, Excalibur writer explains why Apocalypse joined the X Men. Um, so that would be Tenny Howard, who wrote the uh, book. Uh, she says he's always been concerned with the ascension of mutants, and it's not that he feels as though his work is done now. It's quite the contrary. It's that his work must change, explains Howard in an interview with uh, Entertainment Weekly. Uh, he was a general when he had to be general, and now as the fight has changed, his tactics have changed, and we're going to see an apocalypse who's a scholar and someone who's able to work for the greatness of mutant kind as a thinker, as an artist, as a priest. Uh, we'll see him in these roles we've never seen him before, because we're most notably... <laughs> seeing him for hey take, trying to take over the world and fighting X-Men so alrighty yeah weird uh, next up uh, Marvel's provided a sneak peek to Wolverine number one which is going to be written by Ben Percy and drawn by Adam Kuber and Victor Bogdanovich mm-hmm. uh, it's the first in the wave two the Dawn of X titles and um, basically these uh, this first look uh, shows uh, Wolverine interacting with uh, Jean Grey and uh, also shows interacting with Kitty Pride. Right, which assuming this is coming off of Marauders, I assume that part. 
Yes. That's an assumption that, sure, that's not a hard one to make, but hey. And I think it just, the article just said something about that. But um, Tim, so Tim had said something uh, over on, on Twitter um, in relation to something out of, um, in relation to something out of uh, Marauders. And I was kind of going a different way with how that, but apparently he has read some of those, uh, like you have read, well, I think you did, but some of those, um, there's something that may or may not um have something to do with one of those uh Wolverine miniseries from last year or whatever that might um that might have something to do with Marauders and a certain person's status. Right. Right. right, right. So I don't know if that's the case. I prefer to think that she's being messed with, but who knows? Let's see. Next up, um Dead Man Logan's finale assembles a new Avengers team. This was also written by Tim. I did not know this at the time. So don't think I'm just being... <laughs> don't think I'm pulling this out just because he wrote it. Um, so apparently, um, actually this week's Dead Man Logan, which is the finale of the issue, uh, something we talked about last week uh, comes into play, and that is the new the, the Avengers of the Wasteland, which apparently... Um, get previewed in this book, which is, you know, as we said, Daniel Cage's, uh, Danielle Cage's Thor and whoever else is there from the old man universe. Now, how did old man Logan get there? We don't even, because mm. it doesn't, a lot of things about Wolverine doesn't make any sense at this point, And that's one of them. I know this is dead man. Logan is, is not, you know, is a different dimension that just happened to come in the prime universe. Right. Uh, but, Thanks to uh, Secret Wars. Right, exactly. Um, which also gave me the question, like, wait, so when, they st- when they're when re- they resurrecting uh, mutants, will he be one of them, or would they just kind of skip him because the regular uni- Wolverine is around? I think that's a, the that's up to the prerogative of the writers. Yeah, which I think they're just probably going to skip those. Like, ah, oh, we got one Wolverine and his offshoots, so we, this one couldn't... Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Speaking um, of, I was about to say, speaking of um, the X Men, mm-hmm. um, Hickman, Jonathan Hickman, and Russell Dowderman are resurrecting the title Giant Size X Men as a new ongoing series. The premise for the series is um, to pair Hickman with a different superstar artist to craft a tale focusing on specific members of the X Men. I do love this related story because I actually, I wondered that same same self question. If you're watching the video, you know what that that, that article is. We won't go into that. Uh, so yeah, apparently it says. Um, do we know when this is going to start? So yeah, Giant Size X Men was the, the was basically the annual back in the day uh, for for many Marvel books and before they went to before they went to using annual as the big books of the year. Um, but apparently they're you know, like I said, bringing this back out. Uh, no word on nothing pages and that kind of stuff. But um, we'll find out closer to February or when the solicits comes out in a couple of couple of weeks. Right, it was just announced. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess cool. <clears throat> Next up, uh, Becky Cloner returns to the world of Conan uh, with Marvel's Dark Agnes. So this was an announcement at MCN Comic Con London. Uh, they're yeah, which actually had a number of announcements coming out of it. It's, it's like Comic 
con that uh you know it's obviously not on our radar because it's in london but mm. uh, they've had a couple of things come out of there including marvel legends announcements so right that's um, pretty cool which they, they i think they've they've made the point to do that on occasion like yeah everything doesn't have to come out especially if it's something that you know they may have they might not have been ready for like comic you know either of the comic cons here the big comic cons here right but they definitely make sure they have news that come out in different places so um but yeah that's gonna be a thing it's gonna be a five issue uh with written by becky clunan and luca pizzari um so cool they're continuing to use that conan license uh next all righty so apparently there is a new uh there's an upcoming uh novel in the star wars universe uh it's called resistance reborn and uh apparently it's uh going to feature the return of uh wedge antilles mm-hmm. so, so fans of uh captain antilles or general antilles I, I don't remember what his latest rank was the last time we saw him um yeah, that's a good well yeah i guess so at this point because this seems to be taking place around um the well the the, the current um trilogy's timeline which would be right. after the original trilogy right so yeah um hey folks of st- love star with reading star wars novels go for it and also remember that 3po and r2 i think were both property of uh wedge until they went into episode four right except for when they did that droids cartoon i don't believe that was wedge that they named as the captain and i say that for the one or two people who of a certain vintage who remembers that cartoon mm. so i love that cartoon it was good it had a nice uh had a great theme song too anywho so yeah there's a new novel it's coming out november 5th um and I'm pretty sure the one or two uh, Ridley folks that love Star Wars stuff will be on top of that. So stay tuned to Twitter. Um, Joe Casada honored by Society Illustrate Society of Illustrators with NYC uh, exhibit. Now this is kind of an older um, older story, but it's still relevant because uh, the the showcase. While it opened up October 15th, it state, the exhibit uh, is scheduled to run from the 15th to November 23rd with a ticketed and evening with Joe Quesada scheduled to take place November 5th. That's uh, cool. Yeah. So if you're up in that area. Um, at it's open now. Yeah. Society of Illustrators. I don't know where that is but up that way. But hey, if you know where that is and you're in the area, go check that out. Oh, wait, it says over right here. Uh, 128 East 63rd Street in NYC on second. Yeah, floor. I was gonna say it's on the east side. So um, I know I missed out on the Simonson exhibit that they had some months back. So, but I've seen so much of his art. But uh, I'm not as familiar with Quesada's art, so it might be worth a visit. Well, yeah, well, if you go check it out, um, let us know. I want to say it's free on Sundays, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Right. Yeah. It only says here there's only one ticketed event on the fifth, so I assume. That is, that is the case. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, next up. Uh, apparently, Marvel is jumping into Warhammer because uh, <laughs> Marvel Crisis Protocol is the highly anticipated miniature skirmish game by Atomic 
um, mass games. And if you thought this was Hero Clicks, you thought wrong because you have to build your miniatures. I was going to and mention eight. that. Yes. So yes, both of those, both of those, what you said is correct. That's kind of funny. <laughs> um, so you got to be, you you know, th- there's a little bit of uh, an overhead involved here if you want to get involved. But if, but if you are not daunted by the prospect, oh, those people uh, are out there and painting, uh, then uh, have at it. So same people who like the the well, like you said, the the war the Warhammer people and the Gundam folks who just you know, are are into that stuff and more power to them. Hey, you know, I've I, I I know several people who have done various versions of Warhammer and miniature painting related to D and D games. Oh, totally. I've dabbled in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to throw myself at this Marvel game, but uh, you know, they definitely know how to uh, strike at a man's um, <laughs> potential to be obsessed. So, right. So this is going to this game comes out next week. Uh, no, not next week. I'm sorry. Uh, November 15th, not next week. Uh, so go to your local game store and go check it out if you're so inclined. That's comedy. Yeah. Dang it. You look, I didn't have that. Um, <laughs> I totally have that, but I, didn't, I don't have it set up. What's that? Now that's comedy. Oh, oh yeah. I got it. I got I, it. Relax. I mean, I got it, but it's I, oh, that was okay. one of the ones that, but I didn't have it on board. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Latest. Now that's comedy. There you go. Uh, latest Marvel's Avengers trailer shows how gameplay works. So this is for the video game that is uh, coming next year. Um, I, as I've been telling folks, I don't care to see much more gameplay. Although I really have been shying away from a lot of it, I just want to see the game come out because it's still early enough to where they could make some changes, but it's not that early enough to where some of the stuff is going to be set in stone. So I may actually watch this, but and it shows off some Kamala gameplay if I'm not mistaken. So always good to check that out if you're so inclined. I just want the game. That's it. Next up. Okay. Uh, next up, DC Legends at Ravager and Connor Kent revamps Beast Boy and Red Hood. So um, this is the uh, basically the DC version of uh, Contest of Champions uh, okay. or, or Marvel Strike Force, if you will, uh, um, uh, video game, mobile video game. It's pretty good. Actually, it's probably more Contest of Champions. Yeah. Then, okay. But yeah, so this is their version of, of that. Um, and yeah, they're adding some more folks. I haven't played them game in a minute. <laughs> so cool. Uh, DC proves Blue Beetle is more powerful than anyone thought because apparently something happened in Batman Superman number three to suggest this. Oh, I guess he got taken over by uh the uh the the Batman who laughs stuff. Uh, and that being the Jaime Reyes version, not. Because that's the only version that is around. So, and, uh, yeah. Sure. And apparently he's badass or something. Next up. Oh, just very quickly, uh, on that, uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol, the models are hard plastic. <laughs> okay. Just curious, just in case you were looking for metal, metal miniatures. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, sure. <laughs> Tom King promises tears with his Batman finale and big surprise with the upcoming 
new title strange adventures so waiting to jump off batman hmm. wait that sounds like the same thing that's being made into a show <gasps> oh no i know i know that's not <laughs> i think like they there was a series prior to this i'm assuming right like they're just bringing us back the strange adventures thing because that, that's one i'm not familiar with and i'm not sure why i'm asking you because you may be in the same boat well, Strange Adventures, I mean, I think I read the article on this. It's, you know, it's just an older title and they're bringing it back with a new direction. Right. That's what I was asking. But I didn't yeah. know if you were personally familiar with it or not. No, not at all. Yeah. Okay. Dad, DC leaks Dan DiDio's official history timeline. So we talked about this this being a thing uh, probably last week, week or so ago, something like that. But uh, during New York Comic Con a few weeks ago, that's when they talked about this. Uh, and now DC Nation, which I believe this is their YouTube channel, um, uh, has tweeted what appears to be part of DC's in development overall timeline. So it's not necessarily leaked, but it's basically, I dare say, short of marketing. Um, that's my editorialization, whatever. Though it's not clear what era is being shown or exactly how the timelines of different characters show. And you can see the, um, the picture that is being shown here. If you're watching the videotape, the videotape, jeez, right. that's a date. Huh. Um, but yeah, so we, it still means very less to little until it all comes together. And we don't even know if this is even the final, well, the final thing of it. So sure. Next. So some schmuck heads uh, in Spain decided to disrupt a comic book convention uh, that was happening uh, nearby where they were demonstrating and uh, they basically crashed uh, the convention where you're supposed to pay an entry fee and uh, they're being far right schmuckheads. Yeah, essentially. So assholes be assholes. Pardon, pardon my French. Um, I'm like, they're in Spain, so... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Supernatural comic book blade. Afterlife, uh, afterlife combines ride sharing and hell, which some would argue is pretty much the same thing. Uh, creators Chip Zdarsky and Jason Liu talk about their new action comedy from Amazon's Comicsology. So apparently, this is going to be under the um, Comicsology. Comicsology. Um, uh, I forgot what the name of it, but they're um, they're digital. Uh, only thing. Uh, see, you see, in Comicology's new original title, After Left, the Road to Hell is apparently going to be paved with rideshare rating, uh, created by Chip Zdarsky and Jason Liu. The five-parter series centers on Janice, a rideshare driver with an unlikely destination, Hell itself. Uh, the series will also feature Paris Alien as colorist and Aditya. Car as letterer, Allison O'Toole acts as editor. So this sounds like something that's probably going to get made into a some sort of a uh, TV show or feature based on that. But it, this is also an, an interview with uh, Zadarsky, so you can check that out at your leisure. Alrighty, and not sure last if it part- says when this is coming, but sure, never know. Uh, I was about to say, and la- last but certainly not least, <clears throat> um, a longtime Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, 
writer and artist Sophie Campbell is leading the five turtles into a dynamic new era, beginning with November 18th. TMNT number 101. Um, I had heard news about this, and it's interesting that, you know, obviously now there is a female turtle. That's the yes, fifth that's turtle. Spoiler alert. Not the first time for those of you of a certain vintage, but yes. Right. And uh, this might, this definitely sounds like a good jumping on point for anyone who is a long lapsed uh, turtle reader like myself. Perhaps, and, except for you would want to you. Well, we talked about it, um, how how this fifth turtle came about. And I feel like the City of War thing has been going for like ever. And it's because I feel like there's been another event that happened. Right. Uh, but prior to this also called that. But anyway, right, but apparently this apparently this article notes that um, she's taking over the title mm-hmm. as of uh, 101. And it's going to have um, a smaller cast, and it's going to involve mutated animals, street gangs, and a you know, and as I said, a smaller cast, which makes it, I think, ideal for someone who is uh, looking to jump on. Which you know, some would argue, well, you know, that book had no shortage of uh, mutated animals anyway, because from what I, th- I glanced at some some stuff, you know, there was a bunch of them just just there. I'm like, what's going on here? Let me get away from this book. <laughs> but yes, the smaller cast, I guess, will make it a little bit more focused. So cool. Sounds and good. All right. See the the cover, which kind of looks like a wait. That can't be. That's not the actual cover. Oh wait, is there a teenage mutant turtles? No, no, no. That looks like from a game. It says credit Palladium Games. I don't know. If that's denoting that was someone made it into an RPG or something. Which that's not a surprise. Well, that's the old RPG, probably. Yeah. So, oh, wait. Yeah, it says here, as a matter of fact, um, that's why it's here, because basically it's the inspiration of what got her into uh, um, uh, Teenage Mutant in the first place. Because it says here, right. what really got me into it was a friend down the street has some of the Mirage comics and Palladium's TMNT and Other Strangeness, which you just saw the cover for, tabletop RPG book. I fell in love with that stuff and even painted the mask on my turtle books. Or excuse me, all my turtle toys all red like the in the comics. So there you go. That's cool. Yeah, that's dope. Um, so that is it, folks. How about one last ad read? Our last ad read of the night has always been my comic shop. Today's podcast is sponsored by my comic shop. Go to CSPN.us, then click on the keep our podcast free link at the top of the page. From there, click on the My Comic Shop banner. An order from a vast selection of new releases, back issues of vintage classics, graphic novels, and more to be delivered right to your door. Why bother schlepping to the local comic book store, but you should, mm-hmm. when you can still order your books online. My Comic Shop through CSPN.us doesn't hurt if you do both. Do it today. Support your local comic shop, folks. There you go. Uh, and game shops, by the way. So, most local game shops, because I know if you Amazon, have them, if you have them, because I know Amazon can be cheaper than some of those game shops. But hey, we'll support you know, uh, for that for that magic or for that Marvel game and Magic Together and then all the other games and that Disney villainous game. Apparently, is what people are liking the board right. game. Anywho, we have come to the end of another exciting episode of this here Combo Chronicles. Again, happy Halloween for those who you know. Whatever this instantly dates that because at this 
time. It's Halloween's is like neat right. over. Pace yourself. Pace yourself on that candy, ladies yeah, know, and gentlemen. Right. You know, and that candy apple. Well, did they do candy apples? I don't know. I don't remember. I feel like I've seen somebody giving out candy apples, which that was a weird thing. And if you got a rock, you may not want to have cut so many eyes in your blanket as a ghost. <laughs> you know what? If you don't, if you don't get that reference, I don't know what to say about you because they still play that. I'm sure Absolutely. they still play that somewhere. They um, do. So, man, now you got me wanting to watch it. <laughs> Damn it. Um. Anyway. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Like, and if and if you don't understand where that's from, um, you may still be out in the pumpkin patch waiting for the great pumpkin. <laughs> I saw. I did see a. Uh, although it was a little more salacious um, uh, rendition of that particular thing on Tumblr, and I was like, okay, that's yeah. Anyway, not saying uh, I'm not whatever. Um, actually, it reminds me of another book that came out this week that I should have read and didn't. But anyway, folks, we will be back next week. Um, for another exciting episode for the show, because we are still not under movie protocol yet. Not for a while. No, not until December. Um, and even then, well, no, well, we already talked about that. So yep. for then, for myself, Ryder Cat on Twitter and Instagram and pretty much any other places you, you might know to see me, except for the porn places. That's no, 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 not shaming, just saying, uh, um, um, I'm still ra- waiting to ring the cash register. <laughs> well, that's fine. Keep waiting. I got a minute to go. Um, CB Caps on Instagram and News News Need on uh, Twitter. There we go. It does score 70. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, I'm almost done with uh, Inktober. Uh, probably going to get these two done by the weekend. <laughs> There you go. Probably not the appropriate sound effect, but that's even better. <laughs> or, as we said at the top of the show, is Brooklyn in the house without a doubt. There you go. And also, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, uh, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and all of the sites they're in. <laughs> Tim D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. C, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Combo Chronicles uh, account. Uh, Nation, that's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N on Twitter and theclicknation.com. Uh, also, Combo Resources where we are, well, he's over there writing his face off. We ain't doing nothing over there. They ain't paying We're us. We're reading it. Yes. If they were paying us. To do this here show on it, that would be well. Anyway, let me stop. Um, <laughs> CSPN.us, the Cold Slither Podcast Network, is where you will find this here podcast and a whole bunch of others. Do it today. So I threw them off with the order of that. Um, <laughs> also, you can find this podcast on Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify and the Cold Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. And with that, folks, let me fix something real quick. But uh, I will say... Oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, that's weird. Anyway, um, we will be back next week, folks. Have a good time. Don't get too sick on the candy. And we are out. Peace. One. I love it when a plan comes together. Good evening, friends.
Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this woman that you are really hired, Mr. Stark?